we are chatting today with Renee Landers, who's 71 years young and just earned her, is it GBO Masters Bikini Pro Card. So you are a professional bikini physique competitor. Did I get that right, Renee? Pretty much. GBO calls it beach body instead of bikini. It's Got the it. same thing, but that's what GBO calls it. But yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Okay. And so for the folks that aren't familiar with the bodybuilding contest world, the physique contest world, essentially that means that Renee competed in a contest and did extremely well, like one at the top level and earned her GBO pro card, which means you are a professional athlete. It's pretty That's cool. That's right. That's pretty cool. It's really unreal. It really is. Now, in and we kind of chatted a little bit before we started this. What what I find interesting is at 71 years of age, you're still out there living life. Like you and you said you set this goal a couple years ago to obtain this pro status. So it first, not everybody sets goals. Second, a lot of folks set them and don't take action, but, but here you are, you picked a very physical, uh, physically demanding demands time in the kitchen, all these things to step on stage in a bathing suit and compete and earn a pro card. So tell me like how many of your friends at your age are doing things like this? Uh, none of my friends, my age that, that are my peers are doing this. Uh, they may have some other interests, but, but not what I'm doing. Which, and when we look around and we kind of touched on this off camera as well, I've always found it disappointing, I guess. It's almost like in, in North America, when you're around 18 years of age, you're finishing high school in your athletic or physically active endeavors, stop. A small percentage will continue through college as a collegiate athlete. And then again, it's kind of the, the brakes are pumped and then hit at say age 22 to 24. Yet you, you're proof positive that you can set goals and get out there, be competitive and be active. That's true. Uh, it certainly doesn't have to uh, stop because you reach a certain age. And in fact, uh, I, I have always been into fitness. I didn't really do any big uh, fitness things in school other than I was a cheerleader. And uh, that was my main thing that I did. But, um, but I kept going with my fitness uh, over the years. I was always interested in it, but not really doing anything competitive um, uh, until later on. Uh, you know, this whole thing happened uh, kind of by happenstance, um, and uh, didn't really start until I was 60. So that's really, so, you know, when it all happened. So at age 60, you you get a little bit more serious about weight training. And then it it kind of evolves to maybe enter a contest. But why even at age 60? Why? Why not just kind of sit on the couch? Well, actually, um, I've never been that kind of couch potato person, I guess, for one thing. I do have a lot of energy, but, um, but really, at 58, I had a lower lumbar fusion, and that was 
that happened because I have uh, had spondylolisthesis and I had, um, you know, sort of my back had sort of deteriorated and that was really the trigger for me uh, when, you know, you're getting older and you start thinking, well, you know, am I going to, you know, let myself go down more or am I going to do something to change that? And the idea of uh, not uh, functioning in my uh, later years in life, I just couldn't accept that. I, I just knew, you know, I couldn't do that. Uh, and that's really what happened. That, that fusion I had, you know, lower lumbar fusion, my L5 and S1, that was really the trigger for me to really get serious about my fitness. Um, that neurosurgeon just said, go get your rehab and uh, then you can do whatever you want to do. Now, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do at that point. I just knew, uh, well, I certainly don't want to just sit on the couch and uh, eat bonbons. So as I approached 60 and I got all my rehab done, then that was really the beginning of me um, getting serious about weight training. That wasn't ever my plan, though. Um, it all started when I went to, um, to Baylor College of Medicine, and I went to those doctors and I said, I want to be strong and fit. And uh, I was at an age, you know, like menopausal age. So I started on hormone replacement therapy at 60 years old. And that was really the next thing that happened. Um, that doctor actually introduced me to this awesome personal trainer, Dustin Jackson, 11 years ago. And uh, that was really the beginning of my fitness journey, still not knowing that I would be any kind of bodybuilding competitor, just a person, you know, getting more fit in her 60s. That's all I was thinking it was going to be. But at 58, so you have, you're confronted with the reality that you're going to have this lumbar fusion, fusion. And then along with that, the decision, you could just get the surgery do the rehab, which is what was recommended. They didn't say do rehab and then embark on this weight lifting journey. They just said fusion rehab. And right. you looked at it and made the decision. If I heard you right, that said, Hey, look, you know, I'm going to be approaching 60 and I want to do all that I can. So I can have a better quality of life with this lower back fusion. That's right, Ray. That's pretty much what happened. It, it was sort of my um, wake-up call. It's like, okay, look, you're you're almost sixty. You know, those between fifty-eight and sixty, I was sort of evolving into this mindset. You know, I'm, I'm getting well. What am I going to do? Golly, I'm going to be sixty. I want to age well. You know, I, I love to travel. I love to dance. I want to be active. Uh, I want to hang out with my grandkids and do fun things. And uh, and I knew that if I didn't get serious about getting a strong core, uh, all those things were not going to be realistic, uh, you know, because this fusion requires certain, you know, certain things, you know, you need to take care of your body if, if you're getting this second chance. Um, before that fusion, I was concerned that I was even going to be able to walk because I was having a hard time. And um, I guess that was another thing. I was working, wondering how am I going to work if I can't walk? And all these things came through my mind. So when I was fortunate enough to find a neurosurgeon who knew what to do and did it for me, I just felt grateful. It's like, okay, I got to make the most of this. And, and that's really where it all began. That, that was my silver lining, really, having that surgery. It was really the thing that uh, kind of set everything into motion. It just took me a couple of years to finally, you know, evolve into uh what I really needed to do. And uh, the best thing that happened to me was 
um, you know, meeting my trainer, uh, Dustin, and still training me today. And uh, that was the beginning of my uh, fitness evolution and be, living the best life at 71. I mean, who gets to do that? I still, it's like, I just can't even believe it. I'm, I'm just so fortunate. And that goes back to the, th a couple things you said there. And there's three of them that I, that I took notice of. And these are three things that anybody that is middle-aged and aging, and I always use, when I say middle-aged, it's 30 and up, right? Like I'm mm -hmm. approaching 50 and some folks are like, oh, you call me middle-aged. I'm like, listen, middle-aged is 30 and up because you get real life responsibilities, hiccups, bumps in the road. But a lot of middle-aged folks and folks that are, are moving from middle-aged to that next age bracket that will will stick that elderly label on, they may not relate to getting on stage in a bikini, but three things you said, age well, travel, dance. Mm -hmm. Like it, right. you, you looked at it almost like telling yourself, I'm not going to let age steal things from me. I'm not going to let aging take away all life well lived. I'm not going to let it being a year older, take away my ability to travel. And I'm certainly not going to let it keep me off the dance floor. That's exactly right. In fact, this is a very timely visit we're having today because next weekend I'm actually going on a dance cruise. <laughs> so uh, I'm getting to do my two of my favorite things cruise. This will be my fourth cruise this year and dance and um, there's a, a dance group who offered this dance class, you know, a bunch of dance classes, like a dance cruise. And um, my girlfriend and I are the only ones our age probably going. Most of these people are a lot younger and we don't know any of these other dancers, but we know they're, they're going to be offering lots of dance classes. We're going to get to dance, do my favorite thing, and I'm going to get to cruise. So I'm doing that right now. I, I'm not letting any time uh, go by, uh, since I have become more healthy. So I'm doing it right now. And that's, you know, again, for folks, as, as we get older, we really are confronted with a choice. In your case, the, the lumbar fusion, it was probably looked at, this may be the solution to your back issues and struggling to walk, move around. But there's no, you know, there's no guarantees with any surgery. And not everybody's going to going to be confronted with something like that but we're all going to be confronted with the reality that you best decide to get active now or as you get older things will get taken away exactly uh and that's true and, and i just don't ever think that way i don't think this aging thing i mean i just don't buy into it i guess that's the thing uh i don't ever think like that i mean like these competitions, you know, you always get feedback from the judges and they say, here's some things that you need to work on. And they did that this weekend. And so um, I'm planning on competing within the next couple of months. They have some shows, this uh, GBO does. And so it's like, okay, I got to work on uh, my rear deltoids. Uh, you know, I got to work on my hamstring tight. I got to work on all this stuff. I don't think, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm 71. That just doesn't, that just doesn't. Uh, sink into my mind at all it's like well I'm just going to keep improving I I think that's it I don't ever stop uh trying to improve I mean I just don't think I just don't think like that I, I say as you know no old speak I don't want to hear any old speak I don't want to speak any old speak 
I don't want to complain. I don't want to hear your complaints. Don't talk about your aches and pains. Don't verbalize them out there into the universe. You know, just do the opposite. Uh, the positivity, uh, you know, really mind, your mind has so much control over what happens in your life and uh, creative visualization. And uh, so that's the, the way I like to approach life. And it has served me well, and I expect it to serve me well for many years to come. And that would be, I think, that mindset difference. If anybody is watching, listening, or whatever it might be, that the take-home point is what Renee is doing that is different is quite simple. You know, as you've said in our previous podcasts and webcasts, no old speak. Like you don't, you don't look at things in your age and say, well, I'm not allowed or I'm unable because of my age. In fact, you don't, you don't even look at your age. You just kind of set the goal and do, and you keep a positive outlook and you pay attention to the fact that your mind has a lot of control over what happens in your life and you choose to do different. And that's the, you know, the cool thing that I see in you is that you are deliberately choosing to do things differently than the, the majority of 71 year olds. And that's, that's kind of the message I want people to walk away with is like, listen, look at Renee. Like she has not let age define what she can or can't do. I mean, she, she's a pro athlete. I mean, it's, it's, that's well, the top. Uh -huh. it, it's a, uh, you're right about these things you're saying. Uh, and I have, I mean, this is an intention. This is not like I'm just sitting back and letting it happen. Um, I, you know, I think it's fine to, to be open. And I am an open person, open to, you know, what life has to bring me. Uh, but I always receive it as much as I can in a positive way. And I think that's part of it. We're going to have challenges that they happen all the time. And it's how we um, react to those challenges. It's how we uh, address the uh, challenges that happen every day in our lives. And, and I feel like, uh, uh, we can leave an intent, lead intentional lives and think about what we want to accomplish that, you know, written goals are a big thing with me. I think I've shared that with you last time. And, um, in fact, uh, I still have, I carry this with me. It's all tattered. It's got, this is my, these are my 2023 goals and, you know, they're all marked up and, and some of them were added later, but, uh, and I've been doing this for years, you know, really since my son was a baby or before then. And, uh, and, you know, that's important. And I like to put little boxes because once I do it, then I can check it off. And, uh, and I think that's important too. And writing them, not just, you know, typing them, but physically writing them down, uh, I think is, is important too. And, uh, and, you know, having an action plan with those goals, you know, th this is not, like I say, this isn't rocket science either. This is normal stuff that anyone can do. Uh, and with me, um, you know, I chose this fitness route. I mean, I feel good. It makes me feel good. I mean, my, if, if I look good in a bikini, it's because that's a side effect from all the weightlifting and all the good nutrition, and all the things that I'm doing. And, um, it just sort of, it's an evolution is what it is, right? And uh, and anybody can do it. You just have to make the decision to do it and, um, you know, block out the negative, you know, negativity, negative people, you know, maybe you're, I heard someone say, you know, you stay in your bubble, you know, your positivity bubble, depending on what you're accomplishing. Um, but still, you're going to enjoy your life. Like I'm, I'm going 
on this cruise. I'm going to dance. Uh, there's going to be temptations that I might not uh, go along. You know, like I'm not really drinking that much anymore, um, especially not during prep. Uh, but I'm not against it. And I can hang out with people who drink. So it's okay. Um, so I, I think it's important to to have a balance. Um, but stay on your, fo- you know, focus on whatever you want to accomplish. And, and, uh, and then what I realized just really in the last week or two, uh, and, and my fitness is my thing, right? Uh, and the bodybuilding thing, that kind of evolved. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be doing that. But what I realized about the fitness thing is once you start doing this for so long, um, it doesn't become, you know, oh, I got to go to the gym, you know, whatever. Um, it's like I'm going. And, um, of course, I may be working out more than the average person because I'm competing. But once you sort of get this into your lifestyle, it's like a, your, your body's on autopilot. And what I've noticed is now um, if there's a day that I might on the weekend, on the weekends are probably when I'm not going to work out. I, I try to work out right now, five to six days a week when I'm competing, which is a lot, but uh, normally it would be maybe four days a week. Uh, but I noticed one weekend, it was time. Um, it was a, a Sunday and I, I said, you know, I need to work out today. This was a planned workout day, but I really don't feel like it. Anyway, so the YMCA closes is like at like five o'clock on Sunday. And I kept thinking, okay, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to make it today to the gym. It's in the afternoon and I have a lot of chores to do. But at three o'clock, I looked at the clock and it was three o'clock and I thought, okay, I'm going to the gym. It's like something in my brain just clicked and, it, and I went and I got my workout, out, workout in. So I'm just saying it just becomes like your natural a part of your life because um, it's going to make you feel good and it's not uh, it's not a chore but that takes time you know in the meantime you're you're doing your discipline thing and your consistency so that you're evolving into that and I think you know that's for my fitness thing but I think that's true for whatever your goal is in life you know to to get it um, you know you're you're immersed in it and over time it just becomes natural and easy. Well, and if you look at everything you said, it applies to all areas of life. And if you look and pay attention to individuals that are are trying to teach success habits to others, there's a lot of similarities, you know, write your goal down, uh, take Mm -hmm. action, execute it. Don't think about it. Just, just kind of do it right down to the benefit of writing goals down by hand. So ink to paper. And it looks like you might've used a Sharpie to the legal pad. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's (laughs) I typically use Sharpies as well. I've migrated from the legal pad to spiral notebook. And that's just because you can buy them for like 30 cents once a year, once back to school time. Uh, But all those things are what anybody that has talked about success or, or many that have been successful. It's the same process. It's the same steps in, in, they're, they're simple, they're doable. And anybody can, can just start doing the same things. And that's the crazy, yet people don't, that's the crazy part. And when we look at the fitness piece and the working out, like when I look at training and coaching now, and, and I owned a commercial gym for a long time and, and have owned a coaching and training business for 20 some years. And 
today at my age, I look at the benefit from the training is I get to choose what I want to do instead of having life take things away. I get to pick. Mm-hmm. And it's because of those same decisions you said is, you know, you go to the, you go and you exercise a few days a week. That's right. That's right. And everything sort of falls into place. I think once you, once you start doing this uh, and you get, it's a routine, you know, it's just like every morning you get up and do the same thing. And this is just built into your routine. And and that includes all the other parts too, not just working out, but uh, doing meal prep. So you're prepared to eat the right foods and uh, uh, drinking your water, you know, just, it, it becomes so natural over time. It's, it's, it's not hard to do. And, um, yeah, I guess there's some sacrifice. Yes, there is because you're not going to go do some of the things that other people are doing because you might be at the gym, but, uh, I don't know. I feel great. Uh, I am so grateful that at my age, I am this fit and feel this good. I feel like I have lots of time left. I mean, there's no guarantees, but I feel like I'm, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life really. And it happened, you know, in my later years. So I think people give up on themselves way too soon. And I think that's a message. Just don't, don't give up. If you haven't started, you know, get started now, you know, start. And And that's, and that's the, you know, it's really, it's not so it's a sacrifice on one hand. But on the other hand, it's an, a small investment that time in the gym is a small investment deciding not to do something and instead going to the gym. It's a small investment that pays off significantly. I mean, in, in a, you know, looking at you at 71, uh, GBO pro card. So you've earned that pro status. You look decades younger than you are in a two piece bathing suit. And then back to those three things you said, you know, living well, traveling or aging well, living well, traveling and being able to go dance. That's the, that's the return on that investment in going to exercise. Absolutely. And it's a, to me, it's a small price to pay. I mean, it's just, it's going to help you do all the things that you, you want to do uh, for the rest of your life. And to me, I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, that, that I got, I got it, you know, I figured it out and, uh, and I'm never going to stop, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger says, till I die, you know, I'm going to work out till I die. And that's, I plan to do that for sure. So this is now just, it's part of your lifestyle. You know, it's, it's a regular routine. It's no different than washing your hair, brushing your teeth, things, things of that nature. It's just, uh, this is going to happen today just because it's who you are. It's now your lifestyle. Now, looking like contrasting you to your contemporaries, you know, the average say 60 year old is not in the shape that you are. Right. I mean, that's, that's right. a fair statement. Pretty much. That's true. And 60. Yeah. And 70 year olds are, you know, less in shape, you know, that's, and really the people, my peers that are like my dance friends and my travel friends, they're, you know, they're um, anywhere from 50 to 70 years old and, um, and they, uh, 
I mean, they get around, uh, although it's a challenge, I know, for some of them. And um, sometimes I worry about friends because I'm concerned about their health. Uh, again, there's no guarantees, you know, anything could happen to me, but um, you, it's a choice you make, you know, and, and certain foods, you know, they're, they're not good for us, um, uh, you know, if you can avoid some. So there's just so many things that, that we can do. This is, you know, these, you can make some decisions here that could make your life, enhance your life, extend your life. Or you can make the decisions that will shorten your life. And it's really that simple. And I know there's temptations. I mean, you know, golly, there's so many temptations out there. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like for me, um, I, I don't see why people wouldn't do it. I guess there is, there's an opportunity here. And I just feel like that's why I thank you so much for having me again to talk about this, because I just feel like we need to get the word out to people. You know, this is something that even in your 60s and 70s, you can still uh, get fit and stay fit and extend your life. And there's not any limitations. Your only limitation is in your brain. And uh, it doesn't have to be that way. In in somebody that is in their 50s or 60s or even 40s for that matter if they're not leading an active lifestyle they could choose to start to do things different just like you did at eight between ages 58 and 60 absolutely i mean they have tons of time left yeah. that, that's what i tell my 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 40 and 50 year old uh, friends on instagram you know that 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 we talk about that it's like golly you know uh, you got you got a good twenty or thirty years to get yourself together, so get on it. Because if if I can do this in eleven years, there's no telling what you're going to be like when you are my age. Yeah. Uh, if you've got you know twenty or thirty years, golly, there's just no telling. And I'm, I'm a late late bloomer. <laughs> and there's the what if, and what if what if they don't decide to do things differently. What if you just let, if you just let, let life happen in your thirties and forties, you will pay for it in your fifties and sixties. And when you're 71, you're not going to be going on a dancing cruise. Like you're, you won't be able to, like you, you will not be in a physical condition to go and enjoy life. That's true. In fact, um, there's a lot of, and, and cruising is so much fun. To me, it's just one of the easiest and best ways to take a vacation. And, and uh, I love the, the fun cruises. Uh, now, a lot of people talk about these river cruises and they're beautiful you know, along the Rhine River. You know, they're slow and all that. And, um, and a lot of my friends have gone on them and, and I may go on one, but what I tell them mostly is when I get to the point where I can barely move and barely walk, then I'm going to go on one of those cruises because uh, that's too slow for me. I, I don't know. I know they're beautiful. You know, you drink a lot of wine and you see a lot of beautiful scenery. Uh, but I'm saving those cruises for the days whenever it might be, when I might be slower. I say I might be. This is slower than I was 10 years ago. Uh, some girl said to me, yeah, I think you have more energy than me, this 60-year-old woman. And I, I'm saying... I'm a lot slower than I was 10 years ago. So uh, I still hope to have a lot of energy later in life. But, but I think, uh, I don't know. I just think um, you have to make that decision. You might have to give up a, a few things, but they're just nothing compared to the benefits you're going to get by 
sacrificing a few things. You're going to feel so good. I mean, golly. I mean, I'm excited about this dance cruise. I mean, I don't know anybody except my girlfriend that that's rooming with me, but we're going to have fun. We're going to be learning dance classes and we're going to be uh, dancing with lots of young people who are energetic and have lots of good energy. And I think that's important too, is hanging out with young people, hanging out with people who have energy. Um, anyway, we could go on and on about so, it, but those are just a few basics. But the mindset, so people that want to copy is, you know, it's, it's simple. It's no old speak. Don't, don't complain. Don't, don't focus on the negative things and then set some goals, write them down by hand. Don't type them and then get active and execute. And in the sacrifice, you know, we, I've had the opportunity to work with today, thousands and thousands of clients and the sacrifice isn't as significant as most believe. You know, we helped a young, young woman lose 70 pounds in six months, exercising three days a week for about 50 minutes, five, zero. That's less than three hours a week, 70 wow. pounds. And she was still going out and having drinks occasionally. She was still going out and having what people would deem as junk food. So there is a way to balance it in there. And that balance is going to provide so many opportunities for you. You know, that's the, it's, yeah, there's, there's that investment three hours a week. There's that investment four or five days a week of exercise, but the return is getting to do what you want. That's right. Feeling good enough that you can move around like that girl. There's no telling how much easier it is for her to just move around to do things, whether it's with her kids or friends or whatever, just yes. physically moving her body is easier. And I know she's got to feel great about that. And you're right. It's a small investment. I mean, I, I work out more than most people because of the competition, but uh, you know, a few hours a week, it's an investment in your future. And it's not any different than, you know, putting money in a, in a, an account or in the, my Ed Jones account, you know, I'm investing in my future. Uh, so it'll be better. And it's, you know, it's, it's at a point in many people's life, you know, again, we get out of college and, and organized athletics typically stop. Many go a decade or two where they're not active at all. And then they're in their uh, late thirties or about 40, early forties. And they kind of got to play catch up if they even do then worse, they don't really decide to get active until they're at that retirement age. So now they have the time often, you know, free time. They, probably have a little bit extra discretionary cash where they can go and enjoy life, but physically their body, it's limiting them. It's true. Very true. It's, it's sad really to see that. And there's, there's a better way and you're, you're kind of, you know, you're proof positive to that on a grand scale. Be, you know, the, in the, the pictures in the bathing suits are the attention getter that grabs everybody's attention. It stops the scroll on social media, if you will. But really there's a lot more than just looking good in the bathing suit. It's what you, you know, feeling good going on a cruise and not just not the river cruise that's slow and kind of meant for you to be a spectator. You're a participator on the cruise. Like you're going to go do a dancing cruise. Now, 
what would you like, what are your goals going forward? It sounds like you want to compete. What else, what else is on the horizon or out in the future for you? Well, um, I did never plan on competing, but, um, but I am, you know, and I, I'm going to keep competing. I didn't really know whether I would after these last few shows, but, but I'm going to keep doing it, just finding the right show. And, um, I, you know, I don't even know exactly what my plan is. I just know um, I'm not going to stop. And uh, part of the whole cool thing is, uh, meeting the people because that I say I found my people uh, when I was 69 and did that first competition and so to me getting an opportunity to meet new people and do things with these new friends or I don't know that is just the other awesome part about what's happened to me is um, all these people that I know that I would not even know uh, had it not been for this whole bodybuilding thing happening in my, in my life. Awesome. And what would you say to somebody that, because I, you know, I, I think a lot about this. I look at at my age, almost 50. I, I can do things with my kids because I exercise that a lot of parents can't. And I look at these parents and I'm like, wouldn't you rather be participating with your children <laughs> instead of just kind of present spectating? What, like, what would you say to some of those people that are, they, you know, there's, they do have more time than you did, you know, they're in their forties and they could, boy, if they make a decision today, their next couple decades could be awesome. Like what, what would you say to folks to encourage them to maybe choose different? Well, I think I would tell them if they have kids, think about what's going to happen with your kids in the next 20 years. You know, how are you going to feel in 20 years? Are you going to feel like doing things with your kids? And if you don't have kids, um, if you're by yourself, it's even more important because uh, you being alone um, is not fun if you are also disabled in some way. Uh, you know, and you're limited because um, I'm single. And uh, if I was not fit like I am, I would not have all these opportunities to go travel and to go dance and to go do fun things, whether it's just getting in my car and driving to uh, a show or whatever I'm going to do. And uh, if you're by yourself, even more, I'd say you need to be seriously considering uh, getting in the best shape of your life because um, you can't count on other people, you know, as you age. I mean, you know, I have, I have a son and they, but they, they've got their own lives too. So don't ever expect other people to take care of you. I guess that's part of it too. Uh, I'm living an independent life and I'm planning for future independence. And, um, and I think people need, it's not something you think about whenever you're, you know, younger, but it's a reality. And, uh, the closer you get to that far, you know, that number, the more you think about it, but I would just say, think about it now, just give yourself a little time to, uh, to ponder that and, um, see how you can squeeze in a little time in your life to take care of your health. Even years ago, I got certified by the Nautilus corporation and I spent a weekend with a former Nautilus executive who's a PhD doctor. 
and has done a lot of research on aging populations. And one of their studies concluded that it was around two thirds or 70%. So let's call it 65, 70%, 67.33 would be the two thirds in the middle of those numbers. Two thirds, 70% of population living in assisted living. So aging population, assisted living would be able to migrate from assisted living to independent living by doing load-bearing activity, resistance training, two days a week. Wow. Yeah. That's reversing aging. Right. So if we- That's awesome. <laughs> if we chew on that a little bit, to your point, you know, you live in your own home, you, you do for yourself. You know, if you can't do for yourself, your option is rely on others and everybody has their own life. So you're not that someone may not be able to help you or want to help. They just might not be available. And, and at some exactly, point, that's right. that could mean that we have to live in a situation where there are people always available. And, and oftentimes we, we, we would refer to that or label that dependent living, but it's in it. It's very interesting. The benefits that we get out of exercise, specifically the load bearing activity. And it's not, it's not everybody wants to get on stage in a bathing suit. There's so much more than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's for sure. I mean, that wasn't ever my plan uh, for, for so many years of lifting weights, really. I mean, um, Dustin is the one who kept encouraging me to compete for, for several years in my 60s. And I just couldn't imagine putting on a bikini and getting on stage in my 60s. And uh, I guess the cool thing is, uh, I did it, okay, but you don't have to do it. Um, it is not necessary. To me, it's just, the, it's just what happened, okay? But, um, but just to, to feel as good as you can, you know, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. It's just, it's fantastic. And to know that, that I am self-sufficient, uh, way more than a lot of 71-year-olds are self-sufficient, and uh, and I intend to stay that way. And it, it like you said, really some weight bearing exercise, lifting some weights, and they don't have to be super heavy. I mean, honestly, uh, you just got to start with some some light weights. Uh, it doesn't take much, but doing it consistently and uh, it's it can change your life. It really can. So in, in in let's pick apart some of the benefits that don't get talked about. Um, could you carry if you had to, and maybe you do have to, a uh, 35 or 40 pound bag of salt for a water softener? Uh, yeah, like my cat litter is like 40. I was just gonna, pounds, cat litter know? was the next one. <laughs> if you got a cat, got cat you gotta litter. carry kitty litter. That's right, I got the cat litter, and she, in fact, she is 20 something years old, and that cat is still thriving. I mean, she's uh, so. I have a lot of healthy uh, healthiness around me, but yeah. So the cat litter, um, I can reach up high. Now I'm short, I'm five foot tall and my cabinets, you know, there's cabinets up there that are way up there. And uh, instead of saying, golly, I can't reach that cabinet. To me, that is my benefit. I get to stretch a little bit more to reach up higher. And that's, that's just another bonus that I get by having these tall cabinets and, uh, so I look at things differently. I look at how that's going to be a benefit. Uh, 
you know, whatever, like you said, carrying the, the salt, if you have a water softener, carrying the, the, the cat litter, you know, carrying anything, you know, if I've got stuff in the yard, I love to work in my yard, uh, maybe lifting some bags of dirt because I'm going to, you know, plant some things. And these are all little small benefits. Uh, you know, being by myself, when I go to the grocery store, I have a lot of stuff to carry, you know, and I'm doing it all. Um, very few things can I not lift, but I'm careful because, you know, I've got a fusion. So when I do it, I am being careful about how I do it. And uh, yeah, I can move stuff around. Uh, uh, just putting my suitcase in the, in the back of the hatch when I go on a trip. Um, it's heavy. You know, I usually have this one big bag and the most it can be is 50 pounds, right? If you want to get on the airplane, mine's usually, you know, 45 or something like that. And I'm, and I'm you know, schlepping it over into the back of the hatch with whomever I'm going to go ride to the airport with. So I can carry my own bag. You know, I can do that. Uh, I don't have to depend on other people. That doesn't mean I don't like people to help me. I love it if somebody wants to help, but I can manage um, if I need to. And I'm excited that I can. And those, and those are, so you nailed all of them that I was going to mention. So when we looked at training with middle-aged people in, in scale in my club, the top things are the water softener, salt, the kitty litter. Can you do gardening? Can you carry potting a bag of potting soil or a bag of mulch? Can you pick up that potted plant? Can you get on your knees, work in the dirt, and then stand back up? Are you able to put things on the shelf or get them down? Holiday decorations are really popular because they get stored. And a lot of folks struggle to get them in and out of storage. And then we get into the groceries because what everybody wants to do is put every bag of groceries on one hand and then the key fob for the car That's or the right. key to get in the house on the other. <laughs> and then there's the travel thing and most Many middle-aged women, and I don't remember what the percent stat point data point on this was, but cannot put their over uh, put their carry-on bag in the overhead compartment of an aircraft. And these are all things. This isn't look good in a bathing suit, like you said. The bathing suit thing's a byproduct, but being mm -hmm. able to mm -hmm. travel and manage your own <laughs> luggage kind of a big deal. Uh, grocery shop and carry your own bags. That's an outright must do. Or otherwise you can't eat unless someone helps get yeah. the food. And then you look at caring for your pets, your water softener. Um, if you enjoy gardening or doing anything, being able to get up and get down, those are all, those are significant things that being active, including some weight training allows us to do. That's so true. And I can put my own, you know, bag in the overhead every time I travel. Now, if somebody offers cool, I'll let them do it, but I'm totally capable of doing it. And I do it like 95% of the time. And it feels good because uh, I am doing it. And it's because I'm, I'm lifting some weights a few times a week consistently. And, uh, and I can do, I can't believe I hit all the high points that you would have talked about, but yeah. Those I are, yeah, from experience, those are the things that we lose with age because we stop making a conscious effort to maintain those things. The only one that we didn't mention is, and we would do this with our, our retirement age population, we would do stuff for hand-eye coordination. And a lot of times people be like, why am I like, why am I going to play catch? Why am I going to do this? Or why would I, what, like, here's the benefit. 
the grandkids come over and they say grandpa, grandma, or the nieces and nephews come over and they say aunt or uncle, and they've got a ball. Well, guess what? They're going to call your name after they threw it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, sick. it's like, oh, hey. um, So working on that hand-eye coordination means we maintain it. And there's so many things, and that's the, the kind of the exaggerated example, but there's so many things that being active in that manner allows us to continue to independently do things just in life. I agree. Absolutely. So a few days a week exercise. I, I like that. Um, everybody has a few days a week. And, and I already told you, we had a, a, a woman lose 70 pounds in six months, three days a week for about 50 minutes. Uh, it's, you don't have to live in the gym, contrary to what everybody thinks. What about your eating habits? I, I already know a little bit about them, but you're, you're pescatarian. I am pescatarian. Uh, I do eat eggs. And, uh, and the big thing is that, you know, you've got to get enough protein. And that's the, that's the big thing, um, whether you're lifting weights or, or not, whether you're a bodybuilder or not. We all need at least one gram of protein for every pound of body weight every day. Otherwise, we're, we're not, we're certainly, we can't build any muscle. You know, we're going to lose muscle. And, um, and so that's one of my big things is to eat my protein. I mean, yes, carbs and fat too, uh, but people seem to be short on the protein. And I start early. Uh, I have five small protein meals throughout the day. Um, and um, that's the key thing there. The, the nutrition, really, people will tell you, is, you know, that's really like, I don't know, 90% is the nutrition. The, you know, you're going to spend some time lifting your weights and maybe doing some cardio. But really, when you, when you incorporate that into your good nutrition, all that together, like your, your girl who lost all that weight, I'm sure her nutrition changed dramatically. Uh, in fact, how, did, how do you recall that she ate differently. I can tell you she ate, she ate per my first book titled eat by color. And <laughs> there's things that are in the eat by color book and it's, I'm not trying to sell it, but it's on Amazon. If you want it, go buy it. Understand. I'm not a liter, uh, literary scholar. I wrote a book to help people lose weight and get in shape and feel better. Um, but she ate four to six meals a day. She had protein at every meal, carbs at half all the veg fresh vegetables she wanted. And she deliberately with intent consumed, I would say it probably ended up being 40 or 50 grams of mostly healthy fat, mostly healthy fat. I would say things high in omega three fat. Um, and nothing was off limits. There were no bad foods. It, it's, it's a way to eat that will put you in a positive nitrogen balance throughout the day, which is what we get from the protein. And it's, it's as simple as this. It's like growing crops and having fertilizer in the field. You need sun, you need water, you need this a good nutrient rich soil, and you need the nutrients to be there 24 hours a day. So that protein every couple hours keeps you in a positive nitrogen balance. And that, that would have, that was the cornerstone of how she ate. Because if she ate six meals, there was protein at all six. That was the most important thing. Awesome. Well, and I think it's important that you shared that because my meal plan, and I call it a meal plan, not a diet. To me, it's diet is a negative. So you're, you know, it's it's eating a balanced uh, 
diet or balanced foods. And that is, that sounds great. That sounds like, uh, that doesn't sound negative. It sounds good and positive eating all, whatever vegetables, all these healthy vegetables. Uh, a lot of times you just need to get full or you need to crunch on something. And, uh, and I think that's important for people to understand, uh, you're not going to lose weight or build muscle or anything by not eating enough. And I think that's an important message to get out to people who maybe have a lot of weight to lose. Um, you know, you're don't you're not going to starve yourself and expect to really lose the weight long term or to keep it off. You know, that's a, another thing. That's why you got to do the weight training is to keep that weight off. And as you're as you're losing it. Correct. And that's people it, who wants to lose weight and improve their overall health and wellness and have it be a fleeting thing, have it be a short term, have it be something that we only can do for a couple months. And that's why that's where diets fail. And that's when we talk to, so we still coach and work with clients on nutrition and training and all of that. And that is why we don't put them in a box. And that box is nothing but restrictions. Because if you put somebody in a box, the first thing they want to do is jump out of the box. If I keep saying you can't have, you're not allowed, don't do this, don't do this, no, 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 no. Somebody might stick with it for a little while, but after three or four months, they've had enough. They want out of that box. So it's better to find a way that you can make nutrition make sense for your goals, but it's long-term maintainable. You know, if it's, if, if somebody really wants a bacon cheeseburger, they need to be able to have the bacon cheeseburger or whatever you help them accomplish will be very short lived. And yes, all right, fine. There's a small percentage of people that if you just said never a bacon cheeseburger again, they'll, they'll never have one again and they might want one, but whatever, they're fine with it. Life goes on. But for the majority of people, they need to be able to have flexibility and do things and if they can't, if you put them in a box, they're going to try and jump out. They'll stay in that box for a couple months, but they're going to try and jump out. I agree so much with that. In fact, true confessions, I've been going through that in the last couple of months with this last prep or two that I've done. It's like when I know I can't have something, I want it, you know. Right. And then what happens is people do, they overdo and then they have too much of something, you know, and. Uh, but I, and what I'd say about this, anyway, I agree with you 100%. People can't be restricted because um, it is just, like you said, eventually they're going to get out of that box and they're going to run wild. And, uh, and what happens is, uh, and, and, and I do it too. And, and that's where I tell people, forgive yourself, you know, and I'll do it too. Like if there's something bad, I'll just eat it till it's gone. Okay. And then, but when that happens, then you forgive yourself and you get back on track and you keep going. You cannot restrict yourself indefinitely. I think you're right. It's no. just going to it's going to come back on you. In fact, years ago, I worked with an entire municipal fire department. So I spent 4 days with a fire department and I don't know what the staffing numbers were. Let's say 100 firefighters plus administration, so on and so forth. And I'm spending all the, these hours every day at, at the the firehouse. And I have similar comments and questions coming up as I'm meeting with firefighters, engaging, talking, teaching. And one of them was kind of what you said, but what if I screw up today? Or what if, what if, and I'm like, listen, 
here, let me make it real easy. Whatever you've been doing the last couple years, let me paint a different picture. Let's say this next year from today to a year from today, you have 300 pretty good days and you got 65 that aren't too great. My God, isn't your life going to be different in a much po- much more positive <laughs> way? You got 300 days. Come on. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I, I agree. So good. That's great. <laughs> and there's no, and, and we teach people when we, when it comes to food, like I don't want clients feeling guilty. If you had the cake, you had the cake. There's no, it's food. There's no guilt about it. It's, you know, we, we're going to just pick up and we're going to get back on the horse and start riding again. That, that's it. There's no guilt. There's no, and, and along with that, cardio is not a magic eraser for what you ate an hour ago. It, the human body doesn't work that way. You know, if you eat a Big Mac, that's great. You ate a Big Mac. Who cares? Move on. But to think you're going to hop on the quote unquote tread and bang out 560 calories, which is I, I think about what the Big Mac is. It's been a while since I looked. It's not going to work that way. Like you're not going to burn the 560 from that Big Mac off. It's not going to happen. Just move on. And if you get 300 good days out of 365, you're going to be in a better spot. That's that's a really good way to look at it. I, I think that's really cool. And there's no, you know, there the idea that you're never, well, I'm never going to eat carbohydrates again. Like I'm, I'm going to go zero carb. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Talk to me in five months. Cause it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and we can pick any of the uh, diets that eliminate an entire food group. At some point you're going to have that again, unless it ceases to I, exist on planet earth. I have done keto when it was called Dr. Atkins diet, uh, you know, 50 years ago. And I, I'm not a fan of keto or, really any of that stuff. Intermittent fasting, I did that for a while. I feel like none of those are really sustainable in the long term to really meet your goals. It might work for a while. And I know lots of people who've been on keto and they lost a ton of weight. And then I see them six months later and they look like the people they look like before whenever they had not lost the weight. Because you can't so, um, you can't stick with it. In intermittent fasting, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a secret and I don't know if I've said this at least on tape before, but I've fasted every night for the last 48 years when I go to sleep keto and even keto. So keto by definition, and most people don't realize this. And even if they do, they can't do the math, right? A ketogenic diet is 85% of your calories come from fat, 10% come from protein and 5% come from carbs. And if you consume more protein than that, you're not going to get into and stay in ketosis because the body's going to metabolize the protein and turn it into glucose. So most of the folks that say they've done keto actually haven't because they're not eating enough fat. And if you're eating a thousand, let's say a thousand calories, that's 850 grams or calories from fat. That is about 90 grams of fat per day. That's like 10 tablespoons of olive oil. So most people have never actually done keto because they ate too much protein. The other thing is with keto, so keto has been used since the 1920s to successfully treat some types of um, epilepsy. That's true. It does offer some benefit for cancer, uh, although that nobody wants to follow through and complete the research, but you can look up some of the research on that. It's legit. 
But for the person looking to lose weight, you're not going to stick with it. Eating nothing but bacon might sound appealing today, but in three weeks, you'll be sick of bacon. That's true. I agree. And I had no idea that that was the real keto. So you're explaining something. And who needs to eat that much fat? And then the other piece of, of those diet, high protein diets, which is what most people are doing when they say keto is one gram of glycogen glucose stored in a muscle is glycogen attracts about 3.75 grams of water. So if we get rid of the glucose, cause we're not eating carbs and we don't replace muscle glycogen stores adequately or in their entirety, we lose a lot of water. And what we see on the scale is the scale goes down significantly. And it's simply because they're in for lack of a better description, they're not as hydrated. Because the magnet that attracts the water in the muscle isn't there. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, so anyways, yeah, the keto diets, I, I think there are some great implications in the treatment of certain diseases and illnesses. Uh, epilepsy is it is one that they accept that in some cases is a viable treatment option. But beyond that, for weight loss, there's far better ways. You're proof positive. You're not mm -hmm. doing keto. You look great in a bikini. I mean, I, yeah, you know, what more, here's the proof. Mm -hmm. And my weight loss, I didn't have a significant amount of weight to lose, but, but over the last years, I've lost probably 15 to 20 pounds just slowly in my sixties, you know, and, and I remember thinking, I don't think, you know, maybe you can't lose any weight when you get to be in your fifties and sixties. It's too hard. I remember thinking that and it's not true. So there, <laughs> it's yeah, doable. In the same individual I mentioned that did the research on the dependent living, they they looked at and there's one book called Biomarkers. Um, the other book, I don't recall the title, and I lent both of my copies out and never got them back, unfortunately. But Dr. Wayne Westcott was the individual I spent time with, and and they studied metabolism. And contrary to what everybody thinks, metabolism does not slow with age. And you can, you can argue with me and your arguments based upon opinion, but the fact from the data and the research is clear, 18 or 80 male or female, metabolism does not slow with age. Metabolism slows as we age because we do less load-bearing activity. And as we do less load-bearing activity, we lose muscle. So the body is built to survive. It's use it or lose it. If you don't tell the body it needs to keep the muscle, it'll get rid of it. And to put it into perspective, Theoretically, now this is a theoretical thing. There's other factors, but for every one pound of muscle you gain, you raise your metabolism by 35 calories per day. So if you gain 10 pounds of muscle, you raise your metabolism by 350 calories. And if we stretch that out over 10 days, that means theoretically in 10 days, you'll burn an additional 3,500 calories, which happens to be the theoretical amount of calories to burn one pound of fat. In 18 or 80, we're able to gain muscle. But in North America, as we age, we do less load-bearing activity and we lose muscle mass. And as a result, our metabolism slows. But it's reversible simply by doing weight training. Mm -hmm. And Golly, I think that's a message that really needs to be broadcasted. I mean, I didn't know that either. I knew there was some you know, hocus pocus to people saying your metabolism slows down as you age, but I didn't know the actual science you're telling me. And- Golly, to me, see, that's, that's a fact. You can, you know, 
a, a verifiable fact. People need to know that people it's part of this buying into your getting older thing. You know, people just accept that they're aging and, you know, that's just limiting them. It's just, you got to stop that. I mean, to me, that's, it just gets back to that. You just accept that this is your future, that you're going to deteriorate. And, um, and I just, uh, I know that's not true. No. And, and you, you are already aware of age and metabolism and what happens when we weight train. Cause you said it earlier in the conversation, the weight training is how you maintain. And it plays a role because as we build muscle, our metabolism increases. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes sense. more food and we can eat, eat more food and oftentimes continue to lose weight. And that ties back to why perpetually eating less and less and less and less doesn't work long-term. It actually works against us because we'll start losing muscle, which slows metabolism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it it's, it's crazy because it is a matter of just choosing to do a couple small things different and choosing, as you said, to make that sacrifice and invest a little time in some load bearing weight training. It's, it's pretty simple. It's not rocket science for sure. I'm hoping that people that have tuned in will take away a couple things. You in a bathing suit stops the scroll. That's the attention getter. That's the proof that what we've talked about is doable. Age doesn't suddenly there's a wall. Okay. This age, the wall goes up. You can't get to the other side. You're proving that these things are possible. Yep. That's true. And, and you're right. Unfortunately, the bikini is what stops the scroll. And uh, that bothered me for a long time because on Instagram, you know, that's where I post a lot of stuff and that's what stops. And that what that's what gets people noticing things. But the, the other part is, you know, here's, here's what it's really all about. So if I have to put the bikini picture up there to get the attention, then I'm doing it. It bothered me for a while. It's like, no, this is, this is the only way to get the attention. Well, I'm going to do it and get the message across. And you nailed it earlier. That's the byproduct. And, and oftentimes the, the pursuit is the bathing suit body. But if we do it correctly, that bathing suit body is going to come with a happy, healthy, and well component as well. Today was awesome. Thank you for joining us again. I, I appreciate being invited back, Ray. I mean, thank you so much for uh, giving me an opportunity to share my story. I mean, I just think it's so important for people to to uh, but to know that they have an opportunity to reverse whatever's happening that's negative in their lives with their fitness if they just take a few steps, lift a few weights, and, uh, and eat their protein. This podcast is brought to you by smallbusinesstogrow.com, the website by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Why reinvent the wheel? Start growing your business with best practices from industry-leading small business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs. Take their wheel, put it to work in your business, and start growing today. smallbusinesstogrow.com to learn more.